Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yep. Now don't get quiet just because the music stopped. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. As the children go to the classroom and they can't wait to get out of the room when Pastor Tony comes to the pulpit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whew. Amen. God bless you. So Lord, we come to this part of our gathering, Lord, where you speak to us. Lord, you may have already spoken to people during the song service, and that's my prayer, my hope. Maybe during the prayer time. But Lord, as we spend this next 40 minutes or whatever it's going to be, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that I get out of the way and that everything that's said from this pulpit would be of you. Father, I can't do it without you, don't want to do it without you. And Father, we need ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to receive what you would have for us today. Father, there are people in this room and people watching over the internet that are hungry, truly hungry and thirsty. So I pray, Lord, right now that you would feed us this daily bread. That you would quench our thirst with Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, let, let me ask y'all something. I just right, roll right into it. Uh, is it me? Or do things in the, our country, certainly in, in, in the world, seem like it's just stupid? And that's a, stupid. That's a, you know, that's a theological term. Look it up. That's, that does, does it seem like things are just up is down, down is up? And, and the thing about it is not so much that it's just stupid or we disagree with it or you, we know that you know, it's non-Christian or, or whatever the case may be. But it's just, it, it doesn't even make sense even with my pea brain. Hey, you didn't have to say that when I said pea brain. It doesn't make sense even with my low degree of intellect. It just does not make sense. People will say things, uh, you know, in, well, you've seen it. I mean, you don't even have to be a genius to figure this out. They'll replay stuff that people said back then and what they're saying now. White was white back then, black is black, but now white is black. Down was up back then, now up is, I mean, it's just, everything is just going crazy. And and you don't have to be a, a, a genius to figure this out. So, Let me just go ahead and begin here in Acts chapter 17. We've studied this before, this particular passage, but in light of where we've been, I think it's going to hopefully be more meaningful and tie things together. So in Acts 17.30, it says, Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Now that emphasis is mine. When you look in your Bible, you won't see bold and underlined unless you've done it. But my brothers and sisters, listen, these times of ignorance God overlooked. But now, when? When? Now! God is asking, no, God commands for all men and women, for all people everywhere, come on, to repent. See, 
remember where we've been over the last few weeks. Holy Spirit's had us, we were talking about wisdom, power, living, and being filled with Holy Spirit. But it all begins with the fear of God, right? Remember last week, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And, and, and these things, all we, we need all of these things in our lives in, in order for us to follow God successfully, Holy Spirit, and to do those things that he's called us to do. Amen? Amen. But it's not ju- our purpose is to glorify him, no question about it. But we find out is that when we're giving him glory, we are filled with his joy. Right? Regardless of our circumstance or situation, these fruits of the Spirit fill us. One of them happens to be joy. Come on now. And so what, what, what we'll find out is we're, we're being fulfilled. We're looking for all of these other things to bring us happiness, to bring us pleasure in the moment, and, and all of these other things to fulfill us and all this, when all we need to do is just follow God's plan for our life, and we're fulfilled. Amen. That does, see, but here's the thing. that For all of those folks that would say to you all of these years and still saying it, but that just means that it's a, you know, it's a walk through the garden. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a piece of cake. Oh, don't say it. It's, it's just a, a, a cotton candy and sunshine and all that all the time. No, it's not. It's not supposed to be. But even in the middle of that, you can have joy and you can be, listen, fulfilled in everything and everywhere. Amen? Okay, so we agree on that, or at least some of us do. So now let me go into uh, chapter 17 a little bit deeper. We'll, we'll start at verse 16. If you're following with your Bibles, awesome. Now while Paul waited for them, Paul was waiting for the other disciples. Uh, he had left early because he was, again, going to be persecuted. So he left early. So Paul waited for them at Athens. As spirit provoked, this was, would have been Silas and Timothy, by the way, I apologize. Silas and Timothy, who he's waiting on. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked in him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshippers, and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him, and some said, what does this babbler want to say? They're, they're criticizing, yeah, he doesn't make sense. He's, what's he talking about? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, may we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak. For you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. Pay attention to the next few verses with me. For all the Athenians... And all the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Did you hear that? Okay, so now these are all the deep thinkers, all of the high intellectual people, and, and these are the people who are the, 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 the uppity ups. I mean, these are the highly educated people. They know everything. They're philosophers. They're Stoics. They're reading. They're, they're sharing these stories and, and, and these different philosophies, these different ways of life, religions, and so on and so forth, and they're just waiting for something new. Hmm. Why? That means what you've heard, what you've read, must not be totally fulfilling because you're still waiting for something new. Or maybe you're just not satisfied or whatever the case may be, but they're always, always learning, always trying to figure something out. Why? Man's wisdom. Remember where we were last week. Man's wisdom. They're trying to figure things out according to their intellect, according to man's wisdom. Right? And you're not going to figure it out. We've covered that, right? God made it Listen, God made it so that the wise couldn't gain it and it would be something so simple that it would be, listen, 
it would be something that they would not even be attracted to because it's too simple. Doesn't make sense to their human intellect, to man's wisdom. Amen? So verse 22, Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. Hallelujah. Did you hear that? Now watch. Here's, to me, Paul is wise. Because instead of Paul saying, y'all better get rid of these idols, y'all going to burn in hell. Tear them down. Tear it down. Man, well, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is going to be pretty upset with you unless... Nope. Jesus, the, the wisdom by the Holy Spirit. He speaks to them now. Now he's got their ear. See, they're curious already, but now instead of him saying, all what you're doing is wrong. Everything that you believe, everything, it's all wrong. You need to be thinking this, you need... No. Here's what he said. I I see that you're religious, that that you're searching, that there's something that you're looking for. And I'm going to tell you who it is. Because you have this one, you see. It's to the unknown God. You don't know Him, but I know Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Well, verse 24. God, who made the world and everything in it, since He is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is He worshipped with men's hands as though He needed anything, since He gives life to all breath and all things. And He has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. Did you hear that? He has made from one blood every, listen, every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-pointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Listen, whether you like me or not, and especially if you're born again, we are related. So anybody who wants to go ahead and argue the point that there's no way that we could have come from... Even DNA, mitochondrial DNA... I've heard this. I haven't... I've heard it several several different sources. That the mitochondrial DNA points to um, all human beings coming from a woman in Africa. In the, you know, northern Africa, in that area. Do you understand that? That means that all of us came from Eve. Right? That's what that means. All of us came from Eve. We have that DNA, that's in our DNA, that says that we all came from one, we were all born from one woman. And now, if you're born again, (laughs) we all come from the same father. Hallelujah. This says that we're all his offspring. He's saying that that we're all his offspring. I'll I'll continue. Uh, Now he prepared the dwellings, their boundaries and uh, the places of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him though he is not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being as some of your own poets have said for we are also his offspring. My brothers and sisters, I love the way Paul is just, the Holy Spirit is inspiring Paul and he's speaking his words. He's not getting in their face. He's not uh, purposely telling you, you're wrong, you're wrong. He's not getting into any argument. But, but you notice how he's saying this. And now they're open. They're, they're going to listen. 
So he, he does continue, and, and we'll look at this together in verse 29. Since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art or man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man who he ordained. He has given, he has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Who's that man? Jesus. Jesus. Do you see that? There's coming a day, my brothers and sisters, and you know it's not really good for guys in my position. We're not going to fill churches by saying this, but I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to keep saying it until the Lord shuts my mouth. When Jesus comes back and appears on this earth, there's, there, that, that's it. The ghost to the left, the sheep to the right, and that's it. He's coming back as the righteous judge. He's not coming back then as the Savior. He will be my Savior, but He's not coming back as the Savior then. It will be too late. He's coming back as the righteous judge. Hallelujah. And so you see, my brother and sister, very clearly what, what the Apostle is, is he's, he's, he's saying, this unknown God who you all have already acknowledged, I'm going to tell you who He is, and I'm going to tell you, listen, how you can relate to Him, how He's reached out to you so that you could not... Look, so that you don't have to grope for Him. So that you don't have to guess or you don't have to continue to sit here and wait for the next new thing. Think about this. You know, you guys are worshiping... I'm, this is Tony talk. This was probably what Tony would have said. That's why he wasn't back there. You all are worshiping these statues and these things that you've built. The unknown God, the one that you can't even imagine, the one that you can't build an idol to, you just got to write these words. You can't see Him. You can't imagine Him. He's a spirit. That's the one. He made you. You can't make Him. Hallelujah. Right? Okay, so I, I, I feel pretty confident that no one in here um, you know, has some kind of an idol or they have a picture of Jesus in their backyard and they go and they have an altar and they're praying to that picture of Jesus or whatever. It's, it's, that's not how it is. You know that. Or you have this, or you have these other, these, what I would call these good luck charms that you're, you know, I wear this cross around my neck, but it's not a good luck charm. No, Eddie's wearing, Eddie's poking at his too. He's got a beautiful cross. Some of you do. It, it, we don't, that doesn't make us a Christian. And we know that. We know that. But I'm hoping that someone says, hey, what is that? There it is. That's the cross of my Lord and Savior. He died on that for me. Maybe it'll open a door. Amen. Right? Okay, so my brothers and sisters, so, so, you know, we don't have statues or anything like that, but what we do have in their place are some of those things that we prefer before God. Right? Isn't that, isn't that what an idol is? But you look, look what he said. In, that, in our first, in our most important scripture today would be uh, 1730. God, truly these times of ignorance got overlooked. But now, when? Now. He commands everyone everywhere to repent. So I, I, I was looking at other things, and in Acts chapter 14, basically the same thing happens, only now it's, it's um, Paul and Barnabas. You know, they're ministering, preaching, and uh, they go and, and they're preaching, and they're ministering, and as they're in, I think it was uh, Lystra, uh, Paul is ministering, but he sees a guy who is lame in his feet from birth. And Paul is noticing that guy wants to be healed. That guy has the faith to be healed. And so Paul heals him. 
And so Paul heals them, and then they see he gets up and he's walking. So now all of these people, all of these pagans, all of these uh, non-Jews are seeing this, and now all of a sudden they say the gods are among us. And they look at Paul, and they look at Barnabas, and they think, you know, Barnabas must be Zeus, and Paul must be uh, Mercury, and, or Hermes, excuse me. And so now they, you know, they want to bring oxen to sacrifice to him in garlands, and Paul and Barnabas, they rip their clothes, and they say, whoa, 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 we're men like you. Don't sacrifice to us. We're men like you. Amen? I want to read to you, though, something that they say. Men, why are you doing these? We also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all the things that are in them. Who, watch this, who in bygone generations, in the past, right, he allowed nations to walk in their own way. Did you hear that? Same thing that was preached in Acts 17. Same thing Paul said in Acts 17. Watch, what he's saying? In times past, he God allowed the nations to do what they would. Why? They already denied God. We read in uh, Romans chapter 1. Uh, I won't go there right now. But we read in Romans chapter 1 that folks... Right from Adam and Eve and on down, they knew God. And then God says, there's no excuse. Why? Because even nature speaks to a creator. The creation hollers for a creator. But no, in man's wisdom, no, it's evolution. uh, Or or it's this, or it's that. We're looking for other things to explain what only can be explained by God. Amen? Amen? And then those of us who believe that, we're the dummies. Okay. Okay. But you, see, but you see what God is saying very plainly and very succinctly. Right? My brothers and sisters, but, but I want to read to you a little bit because I, I want you to understand something, especially those of us who are older. And I'm going to look this way. Those of us who are older. Not old, older. Okay. In Romans chapter 1, verse 18, for the wrath of God, the wrath of God, the wrath of God, the wrath of God is coming up with this loving kind, per- yes, This loving, kind, merciful God who's done everything to save us from the wrath that is to come against all evil. All of those who listen, all of those who want to destroy you. All of those who want to destroy you. That's what the wrath of God is coming against. He's protecting you. He's providing for you a place where you're never going to ever have to worry about sickness, disease, harm, hurt, anything. You're not going to have to be, you won't have to be concerned about that anymore. He's going to remove that. His wrath is coming against all that. Because why? He loves you. And so anyway, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Listen to this. Who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Man, think about this. What is that saying? Listen, by me acting according to my own wisdom, my own intellect, my own, the lust of my own flesh, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm uh, putting myself, what, what we know, we study, I'm at enmity with God. I'm at enmity with the truth. So I may be inhibiting the truth in some areas, certainly in my own home. So I want to speak to the parents and the guardians, grandparents. Listen, this is speaking something to us. If we live according to the truth, awesome. If you're not sure, shut your mouth. Did that sound harsh? No. Because you don't want to harm those people that are in your area. So if you don't know, say, I don't know. Or go and look. Let's find this together or something. But stop living and stop using 
the language that doesn't line up with this. You're hurting them. Who? All of those young people that are in your vicinity. Come on. It's tough enough for them. You've got the whole world screaming at them. And I mean literally the whole world. Not just what's happening in this country. Man, Facebook is connecting everybody to everybody. They have all kind of platforms. Snapchat, Instaslam. What do you know? You know the... I don't even know the whole lineup, but you guys know. Right? All right. So now I'm going to go jump down. Profess, in verse 22 of Romans chapter 1, professing to be wise, they became fools. See, all, I want to speak to all of you guys who have this high degree of intellect and you think, listen, you're not going to figure it out. Either you believe in him or you don't. Amen. And if you really believe in him, then you need to go ahead and see what he's saying to you and not try to figure it out and make it make sense and then you're going to do it. No. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Listen, again, because man thought himself to be too smart or just like the enemy of our soul, Satan himself, he was too beautiful, he was too big, he, was, he had too much power and he thought, you know, I don't need to answer to God, I, I have my own kingdom. Okay, God says, Michael, take care of my light work and we'll see how this all turns out. Am am I lying? No, that's what the scripture says. So my brothers and sisters, so now there's, Jesus said himself, there's only one of two ways you can go. With me or against me. That's it. And if you're against him, you're with Satan. (laughs) That's just only one of two ways, right? Okay, so I won't linger there. But now for those of us who've been studying together, Let's look at this verse together. Uh, Verses, it's in 1 Corinthians. This is from one of our scriptures from last week. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 21. It should be on the board, I hope. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. Remember from last week, that's speaking of the world's wisdom. Right? It's not, so, is that, man, what does that mean, Tony? What? The world through wisdom, because God in his wisdom didn't want the wisdom of man, you can't figure him out. Right? They did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, Greeks seek after wisdom, but Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews' stumbling block, to the Greeks' foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now listen, for those of you, this is, oh man, you know, for those of you who are, are guests, or maybe it's the first time you're looking at us on the internet, this is so rudimentary, I'm born again, I know all this. Okay, but stay with us. Because now those of us who've been studying together, we understand something. Now we've been looking at all these elements, but you know, like I said earlier, wisdom, power, right? Uh, the wisdom that can only come from the fear of God and being filled and empowered by Holy Spirit. So if in this, we also see some of these elements, these factors that are involved. Wisdom of God. To know God. Those of us who have studied on Wednesday night. Did I highlight that one? Yes. See, to know God. Those of us who, I think it was a couple weeks ago, somebody help me out, Christina. Was it a couple weeks ago we talked about um, Matthew chapter 7 where you know, Jesus is going to say, depart from me you who worked iniquity. I never even knew you. But there they are proclaiming all of the good works that they've done. See, and it's about knowing God and, listen, and being known by God. Opening yourself up. Listen, being honest with Him. 
Listen, not, not being double-minded, opening yourself up. And when you make a mistake, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm acknowledging that. So listen, not hiding, not trying to hide anything, not trying to be double-minded, one foot in, one foot out. It's being known of God. Amen. Right? Hallelujah. So that's another element here. So we've got wisdom. How about the power of God and the power of God? He says you need to wait in Jerusalem so you can be endued with power. And we'll get there in a minute as well. We need His power so that we can be His witnesses, so that we can carry forth those things that He's called us to do. We can't even have faith. We can't even totally believe in Him without His Holy Spirit, right? We know that. So now, let me ask you something. We know all of these things, right? And so for some of you who have been Christians for a long time, and maybe some of you looking on the internet, yeah, this is just a rudimentary message and all this. Okay, so let me ask you. Those of you who believe, if, that's, if this is the case, and everything I just said you know is true, so, so let me ask you something. How long are you going to be influenced by these um, celebrities and all of these quote-unquote uh, intellectuals and all these people that you're listening to? How long are you going to be persuaded in your minds according to this uh, uh, political party that you're uh, tied to? Or this action group, or that action group, or uh, this tradition, that race, this nationality. How, how long are you going to let that influence how you think? Non-believers. That's, that's to my believers. Because you're, you're doing it. We're all, we, we, right? Okay, some of you are doing it. I, I don't expect anybody to jump. Yeah, that's me. I don't, I don't expect that. But we're doing it. How about the non-believers? How long are you going to trust your own intellect? and think that you're going to figure this out. I'm not, I'm not ready to give my heart to him. I just, there's, or how long are you going to think that, you know what, I can go ahead and I can mix. I can, I can believe in Jesus, but there are other ways to get to Jesus. There are other ways to get to God. There are other ways to make it to heaven. Jesus is just one of them. No, that's not what he said. But you're living in this world and in this culture which says, you know, close is good enough. You're waiting for something to push you over the edge. What are you waiting for? If God is God, serve Him. If Jesus is God, serve Him. If He's not, go to the beach. Or whatever it is. I'm not trying to be flippant. I'm just saying, don't, don't waste your time. And to those of us who, you know, we're, we're, we're born again, we, we think we're born again, but we're not walking according to the wisdom of God. We continue to walk according to our own wisdom. We're letting these outside thoughts and influences continue, you know, continue to, we take it in, and then we go ahead and we, you know, we're supposed to take into captivity every thought or imagination and then measure it against this. But because sometimes we hear something we like, we go ahead and we may measure it against this, but somehow instead of measuring it honestly, we just justify it. Amen. Come on. See, I knew, I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of amens and hallelujahs, and there's probably people turning off their computer right now. But I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, this is real. And this, my brothers and sisters, and this is why we don't have power in the church. Yes. We cannot do that. Again, to be, watch, Tony, to be almost saved is to be totally lost. You can't be almost saved. Either you are or you're not. You can't be on the verge of being born again and think that if, the, if God splits the sky right now, who's going? 
Amen. A couple of us. Dom, Dom is saying, wait till I get baptized. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing you, Dom. I'm sorry. No, are, are you with me? To be almost saved is to be totally lost. I can't operate and mix God's wisdom with my own and think that, you know, this is going to work. I'm going to figure this out and, and God is going to just suddenly... No, it doesn't work that way. To be almost saved. Watch. In Proverbs 23, the last part of that, verse 7, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen. You know what that means? for You know, in Tony language, you know, what you're thinking is going to come out. You're going to live it. That's who you really are. What you think... Event. Now, Jesus said in the New Testament, oh, that's Old Testament, Tony, and that's kind of obscure. No, and Jesus said it very well in Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 and 19. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. You hear that? So what comes out of our mouth, and we also know it says that um, uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? In Proverbs? Okay, but so, so here he says, that's what defiles a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. That's showing what you're thinking. But look at this. Murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, and blasphemies. Totally, okay, what does that mean? That means all of those things start in your mind and in your heart, in the core of your being. So that's why the battle that we're fighting, this, this, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, right? Spiritual weakness in high places, the darkness of the age. Now, what it says in Ephesians? Help me out, somebody. Thank you, sister. Help me out. So, so watch. But here's, well, there's the devil, and I'm, I'm watching out for that devil. He's kind of up. Don't watch out for the devil. Listen, watch out for right here. Your mind, your heart. What are you thinking? Because that's the, that's the battlefield right there. Amen. That's the battlefield. And, you, and, and listen, those in this realm who seek to control you, that's what they're doing. They're trying to go ahead and say things and, and do things that are trying to shape and mold your mind. Man, I saw something the other day that blew me away. High school, I'm sorry, college students don't even know what the Constitution says and they're still criticizing and say it should, it should be done away with. They're saying it should be modernized. Do you know what? Some liberal churches are saying the same thing about this. They're saying that it needs to be reimagined. Now, someone who, who knows that what I'm saying is true, please say amen. amen. It's true. It's actually happening in, in certain denominations. We're taking the Bible and they say it needs to be reimagined because that was written so far. Listen, Jesus, I'm going to say it again. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My words are eternal. He says that. My brother said, my, uh, listen, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. Okay, so then, don't even, I don't even have to consider that. Well, think about this. Well, these people are saying this about it. You know, I've been reading the Bible, studying the Bible. Well, maybe they're right. No, they're not. They're wrong. They're dead wrong. Read the Bible. Don't let that get in your mind. Don't let that thought, man, take that. See, I just told you how you do that. They're saying it needs to be reimagined because it's old and all this other stuff. But the Bible itself, so measure it against the Bible. Take into captivity that thought. Measure it against what the Bible says. I just told you what the Bible says. <laughs> Heaven and earth pass away. My word shall never pass away. God is not a man that he should lie, neither son of man that he should repent. Or that means to change. He ain't going to change. This is it. This is so great. I don't have to worry that God is going to change the rules. He's going to change the plan. He's going to change his mind. Hallelujah. What he said, he's doing. <laughs> For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Out of the heart proceeds all of these things, all of these stuff. And so don't let the enemy continue to try to bombard you, to get you to think a different way. Isn't that what he did to Eve? 
Wow, God really didn't. Oh, okay, wait a minute. So, so, so watch. You're a sitting duck if you don't read the Word. A sitting duck. And, and let, let, let me tell you something else that my church knows, that the people have been with me for a while, you know. It, God even warns the church about the false teachers and preachers. Because people will be fooled. Why? Because they're not reading themselves. So that's why a denomination, certain denominations go in there and say, the, the Bible. I heard this, a, a pastor friend of mine, and you maybe have already heard this, a pastor friend of mine told me something about two weeks ago. He said, hey, did you hear blah, 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 and it's a confirmed uh, situation, I'm not just making this, that a, a pastor came out as an atheist. He was a pastor of a church for X amount of years. He came out as an atheist. They kept him. They kept him. Are you kidding me? How does that work? How does that work? Okay, so, so that's an extreme case, obviously. But my brothers and sisters, when, when, when someone like me is in this pulpit and they're preaching, or you're flipping through the channels and you get your second favorite preacher on TV, then, then what... The, <laughs> I thank you, sister. I love you. <laughs> but, they, but, but then listen. But, but then they say something and you just believe it. Well, it sounded right. No, I told you last week or the week before. Man, I'm, I was flipping, and I, I get on, and I'm listening to this guy, and he's preaching. He's getting his whole uh, his whole congregation whipped up, and he's saying some stuff. And some of it was true, but some of it wasn't. Some of it wasn't scriptural. And they're oh, hallelujah, amen. Are you kidding me? That's how we get fooled, and that's how our thinking changes. It's all about our thought. Remember, I, I wrote I, years ago, and I've kind of repeated it. A few times, and many of you maybe already know this. Sow a thought, reap an action. So whatever you meditate on, whatever you think, eventually it's coming out. Sow an action, reap a habit. Continue to do something, it becomes your habit. Watch this. Sow a habit, so it's your habit, you're doing it all the time, that's, that becomes your character. Thank you for remembering. Hallelujah! Now, I heard uh, uh, somebody by the name of Outlaw said, um, sow character, reap your destiny. That's good. That's good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Repentance. Remember, this is about repentance. The gospel is a gospel of repentance. Oh, it's the good news. About, yes, the good, I'm, I'm forgiven. Yeah, you, you are. But it's about repentance. How do I know that? Because I'm smart. No, you don't have to be smart. Look what the Word says. Luke 22, 46 through 4. Then he said to them, Jesus, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that, what's that? Repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem... And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise to my... There's another element. I'm sending the Holy Spirit upon you, but tarry in the city, city of Jerusalem, Jerusalem until you are endued with power from a high. So you have to be endued with power so that you could be His witnesses, so you can understand... Listen, so you can understand what I've taught you, and you could be empowered to live it. Right? These are all these elements that we've been circling around for so many weeks now. But, but think about that, my brothers and sisters. Look what he says in verse 47. Still up, thank you. In verse 47, <clears throat> that repentance and remission of sins should be... They're two different things. I think in some, some cases, people get that mixed up or they think they're synonymous. They're not synonymous. 
That was at the end of Jesus' ministry. That's when he's getting ready to go to heaven. But at the beginning of his ministry, Matthew 4.17. From that time, what time? When Jesus came back from being tempted in the desert. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent! Repent! You hear? I said it loud enough. (laughs) Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He didn't say, Get forgiven! Ask for forgiveness. He said, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So now, I'm going to say something that a lot of you already know. Uh, repent, that word comes from the Greek word, metanaeo, to think differently afterwards. I'm going to pause there for a minute. To think differently afterwards. After what? Uh, to think different afterwards. After you've come face to face with something. After you've had this experience or you've, you've heard something or, or something is done. So now Jesus is saying, repent. John the Baptist, what did he preach? Prepare the way, repent, get ready. Repent. Okay, something, somewhere along the line, my brothers and sisters, this has to involve me coming to the realization that I stink on ice. Right? That the things that my natural man and the things that I want to do naturally, they, that's, that's not what God has for me. Come on. See, a little quiet, but I have to understand that. I have to get... Okay, so now, God, I want to I change. I want to do something different. See, let me continue. To think differently or afterwards, or afterwards. Reconsider. Morally feel compunction. So now watch. I know that Jesus, I hear Jesus, I see Jesus, I hear Him preached. So now, uh-oh, Look at that life. Look at that man. Look at that love. Compared to him, what do I look like? See, compunction, uh, guilt, uh, right? Compunction is guilt or to have some doubts or, or remorse. That's what that means. So now all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm finding out about God. I, I, uh, Pastor Tony said this or I heard that or uh, I, I have this person. See, this is why you need to be empowered to be his witness because now you're living a different life. And because your life is different, young people hear me, because you refuse to do the things that they're doing on Friday night. Because you'll go ahead and you'll come to a church service and have some fun on a Friday night. You'll, ha- you'll, you'll enjoy fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus instead of going hang down the corner. Because you'll do anything else. You'll beat my... Instead of doing what they're doing. Instead of saying what they're saying. Instead of wearing what they're wearing. Amen. Cover up! Instead of doing that, instead of following what's going on, what, whatsoever the world is doing, oh, no, 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 no. Jesus now has shown me something different. Now I'm showing somebody else something different. So now these people, these, these people in your, this is who you're ministering to. These people see something different. And so all of a sudden they start to consider something. Now let me ask you all something. I'll, 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 I'll just do my own. I, because, listen, my testimony and most, and I would venture to say most of you in here, somebody invited you, but you were curious and something made you curious or something gave you, um, you know, uh, uh, an unction, let's say, to go and either visit a church or hear a message or listen to somebody. For me, my father and my mother, my father was a totally changed man. And my mother was, you know, she was always soft. So, she, and they're going to church 
And, and my father said to me, some of you have heard my testimony before, my father and mother were going to visit uh, relatives in New Jersey one Christmas. Um, I, you know, Michelle, I just met Michelle then. And my father says, hey, would you do me a favor? What's that? He said, would you go to church with me one night before we leave? I said, sure. Respected my father and my mother. And, you know, I saw a change. And so, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll do that. So when I went to church, and I've shared this with you before, when I went to church, that preacher started preaching out of a Bible. I, I've never seen anybody do that before. He opened the Bible and he shared some scripture, and then he started, he started applying that scripture to my life. And so he's hitting me square in the chest. And I'm looking at my dad like, and I'm mad. I'm, you told him I was coming. No, I didn't. So, so my brothers and sisters, look, so what happened? Partly because I respected my parents, but the other part is because I saw a change in my father's life. A total transformation. Did you hear me? So now, I, I'm curious. Now I'm considering something. Have you, have you heard me? Okay, so now I'm hearing this preaching, and man, I'm feeling now, I'm, I'm morally, I'm corrupt. There's something wrong with me. Because this Jesus, I know Jesus died for my sins. I knew that much. My mom sent me to catechism all the time. My mom sent me to church. I, and, and so, uh, you know, I, and they believed in God. They didn't know him that, at that time, but they believed in him. They believed there was a God. And they tried to instill um, values to me and my sister. We, we had no excuse, my sister and I. So now, watch. Now I see something, and now I go there and I say, okay, this, something happened here. So, something, there's, there's this word of God that's hitting me square in the chest. Something's happening. But I left there knowing I need to change, but didn't know how to do it. So I went ahead and, you know, it took some, it took some time. And then I knew how to do it. I started to learn how to do it and, and went about doing it that way. But it started with that realization that I, I'm wrong. And I need to change. I need to do something different. See, my brothers and sisters, that's repentance. That is knowing that something is wrong. Knowing that you're going the wrong way because of the thought. You're thinking it first. You can't... See, forgiveness is... is we, 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 we So much emphasis has been put on that so that we go and we ask Jesus to forgive us. And then we walk away, but we don't change. Jesus is saying in the scripture, you have to change. This is a gospel. This is the gospel of the kingdom of God, which means that you have to change. Now you have to live your life according to the principles and precepts of the kingdom of God. Not the earthly kingdom, not your own kingdom, not the idols that you set up in your life. Come on. Well, I know you aren't going to get excited because this is so rudimentary and this is so. Then why aren't we doing it? We need to do this. We need to, I know some of us are doing it all, but, but we need to do this as a body. We need to, all of us, not this church, all his church. We need to do this as a body and we need to practice. Let, let me continue before I just stay here all the rest of the day. Forgiveness and repentance, okay? <clears throat> repentance, remission of sins, two separate. Here's the problem. Now, to my non-believers, if you haven't been born again yet, let me just say, listen. Repentance is going down and... Rem and listen, you know that compared to Jesus, you ain't there. And, and you believe in God, and you believe that Jesus is who He said He was, so you need to repent. And you go down and you say, Lord, forgive me. 
I know that I need you. And now I want to change. Help me to change. Help me to live like you want me to live. Amen? All right. So, but to my believers, to my people that have either here or listening, that you, you've already done that. But I'm afraid, my brothers and sisters, we may have had either an intellectual experience or we've done something and so we leave the altar and we don't change. Or, how about this? We change a little bit and think we're good. See, that's, I think that's, where, that, that's the category. And then we're okay because we've cleaned up this area of our life or th- that area of life, but we're still... You, you know what? Here, here's how I know. I, I've known people, and, and maybe you know, have known some too. They've changed. But there's something that's off. Holy Spirit is ministering to you. They've changed. They're trying to live a, a decent life. They've modified their behavior. Let me just say to you, and to you, Jesus, God, He's not into behavior modification. He's not. He's into transformation. He wants to transform you from what you were to what He's called you to be. And He is not, listen, and He's not going to just tell you to do it and then sit back and see how it goes. No, He's saying, come with me. Come on, baby. We're going to do this together. We're doing this together. So now what? We know that, right? Okay, but here's the thing. We'll go out there and we'll start, oh, I can't say that bad word anymore. Or maybe I need to watch this. But see, we're still letting these thoughts come in. We're still listening to some of the wrong people and we're mixing some of this with some of that stuff that we're being told out there. We're mixing it. So now watch. You go to Him in prayer. And you're saying, Lord, you know, I, please help me this. I need this or I need that. Don't hold your breath. Uh oh, see how quiet it is? Don't hold your breath. Because you're operating according to man's wisdom. You're mixing man's wisdom and God's wisdom. They don't mix. It's like oil and, and vinegar, it, oil and water. It's not going to mix. It won't mix. Amen. But you're trying to mix it. Didn't we say that? You're double minded. You're a carnal. You're double minded. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't let that man think that he will receive anything from God. Read James. We read it together, didn't we? Just not too long ago, right? You guys were here not too long ago. Don't let that person think they'll get any. That person's double-minded. You can't be double-minded. You can't go ahead and take on some of the wisdom of the world, mix it with some of the wisdom that you've gotten from Pastor Tony, no, from the Word of God, and then try to think that, listen, this is going to all work out. It does not work out. You're double-minded. So when you go to pray and it doesn't work, don't blame God. I've literally had people, come on, I've literally had people come to, for counseling or tell me about issues and I, t- I would tell them exactly what I know from the Word of God and, you know, how to, how to do it. The only way, the only thing I the, and, and pray. Seek God. Yeah, but, okay, forget it. You know, it doesn't work that way. That, I've been told that. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. That's exactly how it works. It doesn't work that way in the natural realm. But if you can get a hold of God, if you can go ahead and make God the love of your life, if you have no other idols, not even your own wisdom, not even your own intellect, not even what mama told you, or grandmama told you, or daddy told you, nothing, God. That, that wisdom from God, then you get into that place, my brothers and sisters, where you're single-minded. And that mind is the mind of Christ, baby. And you're not going to go ahead and play games with Him. You get down, you get in that altar, you get in that closet. God, I need you to help. And God says, here we go. Amen. Been waiting for you to ask me that way. 
Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, some of you, for listening. But you know what? I've seen, I've seen people uh, be in situations, and they'll come, and, then you, and they're blaming this or that. There's, it's always somebody or some, something else's fault. They never take responsibility. That's a shame. That's not repentance. So I know that when a person is telling me uh, uh, you know, why they're failing and they're blaming somebody else, or if a person is... Uh, I've, I've known people like this. I've had somebody in my life is, well, hey, this person's really changed. No, they haven't. You can't say that. Yes, I can. How can you say that? Because they're still blaming all of their problems on other people. I can't be repented and blame, play the blame game. This is not my brothers and sisters' horseshoes and hand grenades. Close enough isn't, doesn't get the job done. I have to be born again. And the only way I do that is I've got to be repentive. Lord, I need a change. And so when I went down to that altar... He waved the magic wand over me and instantaneously the angels sang. I had the halo wherever I walked. And, ah, yeah, let's start it. I was like floating on a cloud. No. No, it doesn't work that way. And I can name anything in prayer and I got it. No, it doesn't work that way. No. I'm yoked up with him now and now I'm doing life with him. He didn't look at, he didn't take me off this earth. He left me here. Why? He needs me to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I start being transformed and have that mind that He put in me by His Spirit and by His Word. Amen? And then it starts, then some other people start to see something different. And now they get curious. And so now they're called to repentance. Come on! I had to start that process. I didn't know that I was called to preach. Somewhere down the road after I came to repentance, gave him my life, started, listen, started that sanctification process. God gave me a dream and, and, and I knew and then it was confirmed without me saying anything. It was confirmed by elders of the church. But had I not repented, that doesn't happen. It has to start there. You have to repent. You go to him and you, God, forgive me. I know that I need to change. I know that my ways are repulsive to you. But I need you. Come on. Hallelujah. And I'm so... Please. It doesn't matter what we think, how we feel, what mama said, what daddy said. None of that stuff matters. Here's what matters. What God says. Now listen to me. I am not like these people, that these progressive teachers that you're hearing in school right now saying, you know, don't pay attention to your mother and father. No, what I am saying to you is, listen... Ultimately, this is the authority. You obey your and respect your mother and father no matter what. Period. That's it. You know how I know that? It says it right there. Young people, you go obey, you honor your father and mother. It will be well with you. You live a long life. Young people, you listen, obey your parents. It says that. Doesn't it? Okay. It doesn't, no condition. It just says obey. It just says honor. Just like, um, i, I got to go here. I can't do this without this. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Amen. No condition. Well, I'll love her when she starts respecting me. No. <laughs> wives, because I hear, uh, all right, you, uh, you laugh now. You open the door, I'm just going to say. <laughs> Y'all laughed. Okay, okay. So now here's what I hear more from wives than I do husbands. 
When she's, listen, when he starts loving me like Christ loved the church, I'll respect him. When he starts doing this, then I'll respect him. That's not what it says. You know what? That's godly wisdom. That is godly wisdom. God is saying to you, do this thing and it's going to go well with you. You may have, listen, I'm not saying to any woman at all, anywhere, take abuse. There's no way. I'm not saying that at all. Not at all. But here's what I am saying. Do what God has said for you to do. And it will go well with you. Either he will get saved or something else is going to, somebody else is going to get saved. Your kids are going to get saved. Something's going to happen because you are running your life according to the wisdom of God. Not according to what you're thinking. Not according to your feelings. Not according to your discomfort. But according to the word of God. Hallelujah. What, what, what lives and remains forever. It's a living word, isn't it? The word of God is sharp. It's powerful. It's, it's alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing the dividing of asunder, joint and marrow, soul and spirit is in the discerner, listen, of the thoughts. <gasps> Did you hear that? It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you read the Word of God and you measure that against what you're being told, young people, what they're trying to sell you out there. You measure that against what your experiences are in the world. It has to be measured against this. Right? And whatever doesn't measure up, you throw it away. Amen? Boy, that's simple, isn't it? Isn't it? God loves you. God gave you his word. First, he became flesh, dwelt among us. We beheld him as the only begotten of the Father, right? Then he allowed them to pay the penalty that you and I couldn't pay. He allowed them to to bust him up so brutally and for him, he allowed that. that, This doesn't make sense. Yes, one man died for the sins of the whole world because he was perfect. And then he rose from the dead. That God that loves you then sends you His Spirit and He says, I need, to, I need you to be wise. I need you to understand what my will is. I need you, listen, I need to, you to follow my will, not your own. Not your own. I need you to be single-minded, not carnally-minded. I want to bless you. Doesn't He? Isn't that what the Word says? He wants to bless us. But if we're double-minded, if we're listening to the wisdom of the world and we're listening to God's wisdom, we're trying to mix it, He can. Repentance. Repentance. I know that there are some people in this room and then there are some people that are listening who are just stubborn. See, when God said, in times past, He winked, or he let, it, he let it slide. But now, but now, all men are required to repent. Isn't that right? Isn't that what we read? 17, Acts 17? Okay. The only people that re- were required to do anything were the people of Israel. They had the law. They had relationship with God. And do you notice one thing about Israel, what God says about them? They are a stiff-necked people. And every time that they went ahead and tried to walk according to their wisdom, according to their ways, when they tried to mix God with the world, it didn't go good with them, did it? Well, God punished them. No, God let them punish themselves. Right? Okay. 
They were a stiff-necked, stubborn people. So am I talking to anybody today that's stiff-necked, you're stubborn? You know God has been ministering to you. And you may have made a decision down at an altar a long time ago. But now all of a sudden, you're coming face-to-face with this question that you need to ask yourself. What's that, Tony? Have you fully repented? Or have you said, God, I'll give this up? Have you bargained with God? God, I'll give this up. But there's some of this stuff that I just... And you justify it. Or are you listening to so many of these other people? I can't believe what I hear come out of the mouths of some Christians. Christians. It's crazy. So my brothers and sisters, we need to ask ourselves, am I fully repented? Or repentive? Did I... If you've never done it, ask yourself, how do you measure against Jesus? How does your life measure against His? Is there something that needs to change? Any of us. Is there something that needs to change? Because let me remind you again, God loves you. And He wants to help you. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So stand with me, please. I ask the praise team to come up. Do we have a song? Listen, as the praise team is singing, listen to me. Listen, I know you're stretching out a little bit. You've been sitting for a long time. I appreciate that. But listen to me just a little bit longer, okay? As the praise team is singing, If you know that God has ministered to you and you know you need to fully repent or you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, now would be a good time. Why? Today, now, is the day of salvation. We don't know when we'll take our last breath. We don't know. We don't know what's going to... We don't know when He's going to split the sky. But, But I want anybody who I've ministered to to miss the rapture of the church. I don't want you to miss it. So if you think that there's a little bit of space between you and God, let Jesus fill that space this morning. Repent fully. Amen? While they're singing, come on down. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Amen? All right, let's sing.